following presentation of the Jaguars Podcast Network is presented by Vistar Credit Union. Jaguars General Manager Dave Caldwell is writing the Jaguar story right now. Nearly seven years into his tenure at the top of the Jaguars personnel department, the thoughtful, soft-spoken Caldwell is laser-focused on getting his roster right for a run in 2019. There is a quiet confidence in the analytical personnel boss. He knows the Jaguars have a good plan, and he thinks he's put together a roster capable of executing it in the 25th season. This is Perspectives, the story of the Jaguars' first 25 seasons, told by the people who built the franchise from the ground up. This is Dave Caldwell. He was young, but he was experienced when Shad Khan made the call in January of 2013 He'd worked with Hall of Famer Bill Polian in Carolina and Indianapolis, and he helped build a winner with Thomas Dimitrioff in Atlanta. Caldwell knew he wanted a shot at his own team, but he wasn't entirely ready when the call came. I remember my boss, Thomas Dimitrioff, come in and say, hey, you know, I just got permission from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they'd like to interview you as a GM candidate. And I said, okay, when's it going to be at the end of the season or when the season's over? And he said, no, Shot Cotton's going to be here at 3 o'clock. And I was like, today? And uh, he said, yep, he'll be here today. So I kind of went into scramble mode and called my wife and made sure I had the proper clothes and so I could present uh, myself uh, like a GM, I guess. And um, Chad showed up at 3 and we had a great visit and um, really kind of kicked off the start of our relationship. Um, you know. And then through the process, there were uh, other interviews that I, I took. And I, I just kept – being drawn to Shad, and I, then I got to meet Tony and uh, really hit it off with uh, Tony Khan. Um, a lot of similar visions and, and how we want the organization to be run, how you treat people. The process spanned for about uh, two weeks. I, I did multiple interviews there. I did multiple interviews here. Uh, there was another team that um, that I was going to interview with, but then just decided that it was, followed my, my heart and um, kind of really kind of wanted to side myself with uh, the Khan family. And um, I really kind of uh, tuned a lot of people out. And uh, there was a, a select number of people that I, I confided in. Um, a lot of people thought that it could never work in Jacksonville. And, and um, don't forget, you know, there was always rumors of the team moving and, and is it going to go to L.A.? Is it going to go to London? And there was always those rumors. And and when I interviewed with the shot, he assured me that they were committed to Jacksonville. Um, they informed me that we may play a game in London and um, felt like that would be a competitive advantage for us. And um, sure enough, he was right. Caldwell showed up in Jacksonville prepared. But was he ready for a job that wasn't considered a good one? Everybody who knew the Jaguar situation knew he had his work cut out for him. The franchise had endured four losing seasons in its previous five years and won just two games in 2012. The arrow was pointing down the day he arrived, but he was ready to roll up his sleeves and get to work. The vision was that we were going to try to build this thing from the ground up. Um, it wasn't a teardown, which uh, I think a lot of people thought it was. It was pretty much uh, there. We had to fill some roster spots to for immediate starters. Um, our first draft class, I think, uh, we drafted four guys and they all started in the secondary at some point in time and um, offensive line the the salary cap wasn't um, where we wanted it to be um, they had some contracts that were at the time a little bit over inflated and which 
happens to every team and, and through free agency. Um, but we really wanted to take a year to two years to really generate some cap space so that we could build it. And then when we felt like we were going to be a competitive team, that we can go out and we can get the, the marquee guys like a Malik Jackson and Calais Campbell, uh, guys that turned out to be pro bowlers for us, um, and felt like that that, that was a good um, – A.J. Bouye was another one, all pro, and kind of bring those guys along. Obviously, we made some mistakes uh, along the way that didn't work out. But um, I think for the most part, it, you know, Shad wanted to be in the playoffs uh, within five years. And um, I said that we'll try to get a playoff team together in five years. And sure enough, we did. Well, really, the, the, the most important thing was to, to get this talent level to a competitive uh, state for, through all facets. Obviously, you want to do it through the draft. Uh, it's hard to do. Uh, year in year out through the draft so you have to supplement through whether it's pro free agency college free agency whether you can get a player from another league canadian football league however you had to do it uh, we had to get this to where we felt like we had 53 players that can compete on a week-in week-out basis the philosophy of drafting players i, I got to give credit to bill polian and the late dominelli who really taught me you know the the scouting 101 uh, what we'd like to call it and just um you know being around them listening to them uh how they make decisions why they make decisions uh was very important and then uh as as my career went on i, I tried to learn there's there's other people like john becker who built built the st louis rams when they won the super bowl and he was dick Vermeil's right hand man learned a lot from him when he came to indianapolis to work with us and then um, throughout throughout the time, and then became um, the director of college scouting under Thomas Dimitrov in Atlanta, and really kind of started honing in on the big picture. And he involved me in a lot of meetings with coaches, with 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 really everybody in the organization. Uh, Arthur Blank, who's a tremendous uh, owner, and and really how organizations should operate and work. Every situation's different, and um, you know every situation has its pros and cons, and. And, you know, Jacksonville was a small market team. It wasn't a destination spot at the time. Um, we had a challenge, you know, getting free agents to come for visits for, for whatever the various reasons were. We weren't competitive at the time. Uh, they didn't know enough about the city. So we really spent a good year to two years kind of talking up the city to agents, building a relationship with agents, building a relationship with players, and, and uh, kind of trying to make this a, a spot where players wanted to go. And uh, we had to sign some big deals to, to prove that we could get some players, and, and we did that. And then um, as people started to have good experiences here and players came here and said they, how much they loved the city and realized what, what a great city this is, um, we finally got the perception of Jacksonville turned around, in our opinion. And to do that was, was a major hurdle. And now, I, you know, instead of us soliciting, players to come and beg him to come for visits we you know agents and players are reaching out to us um, being proactive with that more perspectives following this from ViStar Credit Union at ViStar we believe in better and that means treating people better with friendly personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952 a smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Dave knew he needed the right personality for his first coach. 
The Jaguars wouldn't ever say it, but they knew it was going to take time, a few years perhaps, to build a team that could win. They hoped they'd be able to line up and compete at a high level in year one and year two, which meant they needed a coach that players wanted to play for. Gus Bradley won Caldwell and Conover with his blend of energy, intensity, positivity, and results. I think we interviewed five uh, candidates that year, and uh, he was the last one we interviewed. And um, by, by the time we made it to dinner, I think uh, um, Shad was ready to, to offer him the head coaching job. He became on our radar, um, so I took the job. A week later, I flew back for the Atlanta Falcons playoff game and um, they, ironically enough played the Seattle Seahawks and just got the feel for their defense and um, how they you know, they were playing. And, and I, I was looking at their defense, and I was looking at fourth, fifth rounders who became all pros, who late-round draft picks, who they developed, college free agents, and, and I really was enamored by their defense and, and how they played. Um, took me back to kind of how our defense was built in Indianapolis, too, with some late-round draft picks that, that end up being developed and end up becoming all-pro type of players. Um, so I figured that the best way to build this first was um, get a defensive-minded head coach, a guy with a lot of energy, uh, bring some positive passion to the organization, and, and really kind of get people excited to play here. And uh, sure enough, he did. And um, that was the major thing. I got a lot of uh, background information from people he worked with that I knew very well and uh, just felt like he'd be a good fit. You, you have to believe in the same things. And, and I think uh, through that, Thomas Dimitrov, Mike Smith, uh, Thomas and, and Dan Quinn, his current coach, and I think there it helps the whole organization when the head coach and GM are on the same page. And um, if you have that, you have a fighting chance. A general manager is generally judged by two decisions the man he hires to coach his team, and the player he signs to be its quarterback. He had Bradley in 2013, but had to wait until 2014 to draft Blake Bortles. The process was uh, very involved, and it, it really involved everybody, even though the decision was only came down to a few people. But at the end of the day, we had to uh, have everybody unsolicited give their reports on the player, and whether it was a scouting staff, coaching staff, and, and sure enough, he throughout that draft class and really out those those first couple of years he was the highest graded quarterback that we've come across um and through that he uh, he met all the criteria big athletic uh productive winner anything that you would want a quarterback he, he met those and um so we needed somebody to play quarterback and and we just didn't have one at the time and at the time uh, Blaine was traded uh we chad henny was our backup and we needed somebody a young person to, to grow to be a, a starter and sure enough you know we knew he, he was going to need some development and unfortunately for us he came into the first training camp and exceeded everybody's expectations and so that kind of sped up his development process and he probably got thrown in with a team that probably wasn't ready to compete or protect him and through that, he fought and he battled. And um, but you know, he was a consensus guy from the coaches and the, and the scouting department of, of a guy that we felt like could lead this team, and we felt like that we'd be able to develop him. For all the criticisms that that he's taken over the last five years, all I know is that if we would have said on draft day he was going to break virtually every franchise record for passing, and be two and one in the playoffs, and have you within three minutes of the playoffs closer to the Super Bowl 
than any team in Jacksonville Jaguar history has come, uh, I think we probably all would have felt like that was would have been a successful pick. Uh, and, I, and I think as time goes by, people will, will realize, you know, what he did and how he did it. And it wasn't in a conventional way. It wasn't throwing it. It wasn't. But Blake was a good football player. He may not have been the best passer. He may not have been, but he was a good football player that gave this team a chance to win. Um, obviously, it didn't work out for a long term, but we got five years out of him. And um, he he changed the narrative of Jacksonville and putting us in, in the AFC Championship game. In the middle of piecing together a roster, managing the salary cap, and having input and responsibility for everything football, Caldwell was told his team would play in London annually, something no other NFL GM had ever done. On the interview, and to Shad's credit and the Mark Lamping's credit, uh, I asked them about it, and they said, yeah, we'll play a game, and it, it may be a commitment for, for many years that we'll play a game over there. And they felt like that we could turn this into a home field advantage, um, that we could take one home game, play it in London, and, and learn to do it better than any other team who does it once every three or four or five years. And sure enough, I, I think they're right. We've tried it every way possible. We tried it leaving from the road on a Sunday night after a road game. We've tried leaving Monday from a home game, and now we leave on Thursday night and uh, on a short week. And seems like we've kind of really made it very efficient and where our players uh, don't really feel the effects of traveling over. And then when we come back, the, the, they can hit the ground running when we come back. We've played good football over there um, outside the first two years where we probably weren't ready to compete regardless of where we played. So we're 3-3 three and three over there, and um, you know we won three in a row, and then we lost a, a last-minute game to Philadelphia this past year, and uh, feel like we, we've played good football over there. And I think players enjoy it. I think the atmosphere is a great atmosphere. Um, we don't like taking a home game away from our, our home fans, but um, we, we feel like we got more pressure to perform in those seven games here because we got one less. So I think the 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 idea that we're the the home team of London um, for one game a year is kind of resonated with with a lot of our staff here. You, you have to be grateful for having great support people. Jimmy Luck and our equipment staff, Scott Trulock and our athletic training staff. Hamza and his logistics and, and, and um, travel staff, they do a tremendous job where I don't think people realize the amount of work and preparation that goes into it, and it just goes very seamless. The Jaguars earned their first win in London in 2015 with a combination of precision passing from Bortles to Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns and a defense that offered a glimpse of what was to come. Bortles finished his second season with the most passing yards, passing touchdowns by a quarterback in Jaguars history. There was plenty of reason to believe the arrow was finally pointing up, not the least of which was a 2016 draft that stocked the Jaguars' defense with a cornerback, a linebacker, and a pass rusher, upon whom the future would build, and a scenario played out that no one could have predicted. I did think it was possible, but not likely, uh, at least for the first two. Um... We went through it and felt like Jalen was the best player for us. He was the cleanest pick. He was healthy. He had no issues. Uh, played in all his games at Florida State. Kind of a once-in-a-generation type of you know defender. And uh, so when he fell to five, it was a no-brainer. We had some offers to maybe trade back a little bit, but we knew that we weren't going to get the same caliber of player. So we, we didn't. The one time we had the chance to trade back, we didn't do it, and uh, we decided to take Jalen. So as the draft went on and, and as Miles 
started to fall and, and everybody knew the reasons why he started to fall. There were some questions about his health and, and um, just kept going and going and going. And then as he got into the twenties, 25s, I'm like, you know, I think it's about time we take a chance on this guy. We, we had him rated as, as one of the top two players in the draft too. And, um, you know, our defensive staff just talked about how much versatility they could have with a player like that. And he's a great kid. And, and he's a, so when you started going, I'm like, well, let's maybe try to trade up and see if we could do it. Couldn't trade up into the first round. And I'm like, is he really going to fall out of the first round? It was amazing to me because there were some teams where he really fit their style of defense picking later in that first round. And I thought, man, this is a no brainer. And then we, he, he fell all the way out and we had a meeting with um, our team doctor and uh, he felt like that, that his situation was manageable. And so we said, you know what, we're sitting there in the second round. It's hard enough to find a player that you know can play, um, but we know this kid can play, and we know the versatility, and his athleticism is, is, is uncanny. So we just said, you know what, let's start trying to trade up. So we kept trying to trade up, and then eventually I got to Baltimore, and uh, I called Baltimore before the second day started, and I said, listen, I got a fifth-round pick. It's about even. Um, you know, I got to come back a, a couple picks if you – we want to do it, we'll do it. And um, sure enough, at the time, Eric DaCosta was our assistant general manager and, and said, hey, you know what, if if uh, your guy's there, we'll do it. So I called him, and as soon as I called him, after the fact, he told me two or three other teams were calling the trade up too, but uh, he, he did give his word that he would make the trade, and he did, and we, we selected him. That pick would have been Yannick if – it wasn't Miles. And so as the, the draft went on and it kept going and going and then Yannick fell to the third, it was, that was really a no-brainer for us because we were planning on picking him with the second pick. There was momentum in Jacksonville for the first time in a decade. Expectations, real or not, were heavy for a team that hadn't made the playoffs since 2007. They were not met. And as the Jaguars were seeding a second-half lead in Houston in Week 15, en route to a ninth consecutive loss... Caldwell was preparing for a post-game conversation he knew he couldn't avoid. Well, I, I, I think it goes back to the relationship we had, and I, I promised I would never lie to him and um, and that I would never catch him off guard with anything. So after the game, obviously, it was emotional, and and uh, the question was asked, and I just said, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. And um, he asked when, and I said, you know, I almost left it up to him. Do you want talk about it now or do you want to wait till tomorrow and just felt like that it, it would have got out from a media standpoint um but I, I didn't want him to not know it was going to happen and, and and surprise him it was very hard everybody involved tony shod um it was a decision that wasn't taken lightly and and um we spent a lot of time ruminating over it and and really trying to make sure that it was the right decision and um, I felt like it was at the time and, and felt like that was the time to do it. More perspectives following this from Vistar Credit Union. At Vistar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. 
so that Gus Bus rolled away from Jacksonville, and with it went a coach who was almost universally loved in the locker room and the front office. The Tom train, though, would soon arrive, returning a man to a franchise he once put together piece by piece, and leaving Caldwell to take a hard look and rearrange his plan. A lot of this went on through, discussion went on through the hiring of Coach Marone and, and the p- potentially bringing somebody else on, whether it was Coach Coffin or somebody else. And uh, I've always been for whatever makes the team better. And whether that's diminishing my role, whether it's a, a greater role, or bringing people in under me or over me, whatever we could do to get this team to the point where it needs to be to win championships, I'm all for it. So uh, Bill Polian used to always say, when you win, everybody will get enough credit. And and that's that's true. And when you lose, everybody feels the burden of that. So uh, win and good things happen. And uh, I just felt like Tom could bring – he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's a Hall of Fame person. And I I felt like he could help me. There's I've never learned from him. And I think it was a great move for the organization, but it was an even better move for me, not only – professionally but personally obviously if I can't learn from a guy like that and and implement some of his leadership traits and qualities that he has well then shame on me and so I'm trying to take as much from him as long as he's here um, to learn from and to um, to pick his brain because it's it's more knowledge than than I'll ever have believe it or not he and I uh, we have a lot of things in common and, and really things outside of football whether it's our faith uh, family and uh, just how you treat people, and uh, and he he's an incredible person, and I guess people don't realize that he's got an incredible sense of humor too. And uh, so, working with him on a daily basis has truly been a joy, and and has really made and a lot of aspects made my job a lot easier. We all had this common vision and common goal, and that was really to win. And um, you know, I, I I was joyed with the decision um, for that to happen, and I think. To, to have Tom and Doug and and there's a lot of uh, aspects of having a former coach like Coach Coughlin in that role for me to to bounce things off of him to bounce things off of Doug and vice versa. So um, Doug and I have always had a good relationship too. So I felt like well you know my personality is a lot different than both of theirs. Trust me, <laughs> and you probably know that. Yeah. But but um, I don't think. Probably having three people with the similar personalities would have worked, but um, I think the fact that uh, my personality is a little bit different than, than those two kind of hopefully help, helps bring it together. It worked, and Caldwell wasn't surprised that Coughlin and Marone would turn the Jags' on-field fortunes quickly. Well, I felt like in 2016 we had a team that compete. I think we lost 10 games by less than a touchdown. Um, it was a, a large number by a little points so when you looked at the point differential we just felt like that we could still we if a couple things went differently earlier in the season that this team could have been a 500 team and then we took a lot of that team over and felt like the defense was close and if we added a couple pieces defensively and then um, we played passable offense that you know what we, we have a chance to maybe win this division and I didn't say it out loud to anybody, but I, I just quietly felt like uh, this could be a year where we we could do some good things. And and sure enough, um, and people don't realize about that season was we had top five defense, but we also had a top six offense. And to have both those um, offense and defense in the top ten, that's hard to do. And um, sure enough, it, it got us to the playoffs. 
Jalen Ramsey sealed the Jaguars' first playoff win in 10 years in front of a sold-out crowd in Jacksonville. Then Bortles, Miles Jack, Telvin Smith, and Leonard Fournette powered a second win in Pittsburgh in the divisional round, scoring 45 points and doing what they did all season on defense. They outplayed the Patriots for three quarters, and a quick whistle took away what would have been a 27-10 lead midway through the fourth quarter. Caldwell, like nearly everyone in Jacksonville, still shakes his head at that moment, which would have defined his tenure with the Jaguars, and in a way, still sort of does. No. No, not, to be honest with you, I was sitting on the couch. Um, my wife was making uh, dinner and sauce, and we had some friends over. And on NFL Network, which I always go to, Jacksonville Jaguars or New, versus New England Patriots was on TV. And uh, that was the first time I've watched it. And uh, and I watched it right up until the Miles Jack play. And then and even my wife was like, how, how could they calm down? But um, – you know, it is, but to be honest, you know, in a game like that uh, and in the NFL, you had we had our opportunities to win elsewhere. We had our opportunities to, to win the game, and uh, very seldomly does it ever come down to just one play. Ideally, that one play, if, if he would have taken it and scored, which he was on path to, would have made it very challenging for them to come back and win. But but we also had the ball a couple times after that, too, So, and we had chances to stop him. So, you know, he's the NFL and, and probably 80% of games are decided by three or four plays. Soft-spoken as he may be, there is a fire in his eyes for this team and this season. Caldwell knows he's in the right place with the right people at the right moment in time to write a great story. His and the Jaguars. Well, hopefully for back to, we don't want to move back, but but to the level that we were playing in 17 and, and where we were playing dominant defense, we were playing good offense, and that we went into games expecting to win. And you come out year in, year out, expecting to be in contention for the playoffs. Now that's not always going to happen. We were on a pace last year. We were 3-1. and one. We felt like, hey, this is a thing that, that we can keep going from 2017, 2018. Unfortunately, we got decimated with with injuries uh, early in the season and it really affected uh, the outcome of, of a lot of games so the key is to get everybody back healthy and and to continue to compete where now you go into games and you expect to win and you expect to to be at, in the conversation at the end of the season and the more you're in the conversation the better chance you have ending up in the final big game and that's the goal and I didn't know a whole lot about Jacksonville except for the 15 years I came here as a visiting team and um, Shad assured me that I would love the city and Joel, my wife and my son would love the city and uh, sure enough they're right and uh, we decided to take a leap of faith because of the Khan family and uh, he's a very respected owner amongst the league. Uh, he he's makes very educated decisions. He's not going to rush to judgment. Um, he's going to be very um, detailed on, on what he wants and how he wants it and at the end of the day he he's also never said no for something that could make this team or the city better and i think that's that's probably the most underlying thing that he has a strong passion to have the most successful team but but also the most successful city in the nfl it ended up being the best move we've ever made and uh we now call jacksonville home